Hey guys, my name is Lucy. I am your host here at Teen Speak Up, and today I had a really fun conversation with Izzy Lapidus. Izzy is a staminist, artist, educator, and future CEO. She talks a lot about the representation of women in the STEM field, and I had so much fun talking to her, so let's get into it. So Izzy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. So, um, my name is Izzy Lapidus. My real name is Isabel, but no one really calls me that. Um, I am a senior at LaGuardia High School, um, and my major is drama there. Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I've loved astronomy. Um, I've been saying I wanted to be an astronomer since I was 10. Um, And kind of as I've grown older, this love for astronomy has become just a love for STEM in general. Um, And now I'm at a place where, you know, I've been acting kind of since my whole life too. I think I started acting when I was like seven or eight and it was really hard for me for a long time to put like my love for arts and I also play the piano. I played piano for 14 years to my love for the arts and my love for STEM together. But now I'm realizing that I can really use the arts as a way to increase STEM education and inspire other people, primarily girls, to pursue careers in STEM. Awesome. Um, so how do you manage pursuing your interests in STEM while attending a school that primarily focuses on the arts? Yeah, so for a long time that was really, really difficult for me. I think I came into LaGuardia, you know, with this idea that I wanted to study astronomy, but that was kind of it. I wasn't really doing anything to give myself a place in the world of astronomy yet, and I was just focusing on acting because, I mean, at LaGuardia, like, I do, I'm in acting classes for, like, three and a half hours a day. It's a really, really big part of my day. But then, kind of, the more acting, I, you know, I would continue doing my acting, but then on the side, I was becoming more interested in doing STEM and actually, like, being in a place where I'm in high school now. I don't have to keep saying, I want to do astronomy in the future. I can do it now. So, really, starting junior year, I began to do a lot of STEM things outside of school. I got my internship um, at the Natural History Museum. I started working on a lot of online STEM-related publications, such as Girl Genius Magazine and STEM Zine. Um, And at that point, it was really hard for me because I was like, okay, now I really, really want to do STEM. How am I also supposed to continue to do acting? And it was this, like, really difficult thing for me to balance for a while. But I think once I realized that they're not these totally separate things, I was able to embrace both my love for acting and my love for STEM. And it didn't have to be a question of like, you know, am I science or am I creative? And that I can really do both. And LaGuardia and especially the, the drama department, they've always been really, really accepting of my love for STEM. And astronomy, like at the beginning of every drama class, like the first day, Um, of the new year we'll always talk about ourselves and we get to like design our drama notebooks with like things that we're passionate about and my whole thing is always covered in astronomy (laughs) or STEM and like everything not acting related that's so cute yeah it's cute and I've always been very vocal about the fact that I like to act but I have no interest in being an actor um and you know here and there I'd be like I think you know freshman year was a little bit like so why are you here and I'd always say like I really, I really do believe this. Acting teaches you how to be a person, and I'm sure you know. Oh that yeah, from for sure. Acting too, um, and that it's not like, you know, theater is more than just like going on stage and saying your lines. It's about you know how can I empathize and how can I be able to play a different character and put not yourself just... in other people's shoes yes, for a second. Yeah. Definitely, and I think that acting in general has made me just a better, more empathetic human being. 
Um, and with that, like, it is totally a part of my love for STEM and totally, like, I, they're not these separate things. Like, acting is now just a part of my personality and how I'm able to be, to communicate with people and give myself a voice on stage and that I can really, really use that to my advantage in the future of my STEM career. Yeah. Um, so I know you talk a lot about being like a STEMinist and what does that mean to you? Yeah, so I kind of discovered this word recently and I didn't realize it was a word that I was missing from my vocabulary until I had it. But I think of being a STEMinist as <laughs> like women in STEM, right? And supporting women in STEM and doing what I can to amplify the voices of women in STEM, which, you know, I want to say that a lot of women are pursuing STEM careers, and I think now they definitely are, but it is still so predominantly men, and it's still this, like, fight to make your voice as a woman in STEM heard, and, you know, I was raised to always make my voice heard by my mom, and I don't think that that's the same for a lot of other people, and I think that I can use my voice and especially my acting, to really inspire other girls to do the same and inspire other girls to pursue careers in STEM and just show that, like, STEM isn't this thing just for men and that STEM is for women, too. And, yeah. When did you start developing a love for, for STEM? I know you've, you said that you've loved it forever, but, yeah. like, um, what specifically piqued your interest? So, this is a funny story, actually. So, um, neither of my parents were STEM. Like, nothing STEM. My mom was a civil rights lawyer, and my dad is a literary agent. So, not STEM from my parents, but my mom's dad, so my grandfather, was a biophysicist. And I never met him, but I always say that the science gene skipped my mom and went into me. Um, and it's funny because, you know, my mom obviously didn't wasn't doing things in the world of STEM, but because she grew up with her dad, she's always had a really strong understanding of science and loves science and just... Like that was that was her role. Whole whole ah, her role model was her dad, who was a scientist. And I remember I was walking with my mom when I was probably about ten years old, like on the street, and I saw a car moving fast. And I remember I made some comment about like, wow, that car's moving really fast. And my mom was like, well, fast is only relative to what you're comparing it to. And this idea of like perspective and that you know I can define something as fast but it's only relative to what I'm comparing it to and just like this idea of questioning your surroundings really came from that conversation with my mom and it made me just reevaluate how I viewed the world and just my perspective on the world and then I think basically as soon as I realized that space was a thing as soon as I really was told to like look up stars universe solar system it all it all exists I was like wow um, and I remember I would go to the Natural History Museum as a little kid, and I would see the space shows um, in the planetarium and just be so mesmerized. And I think what I love so much about the universe is, like, cosmology is, like, the story of space. It's how it happened. And that same idea of, like, storytelling is actually really apparent in acting. I mean, when we're on stage, we're trying to tell a story to our audience, right? And, um... Just like from a, I think it was astronomy that it really did start off with, but I've always been, technology has always been my thing. Um, I got my first Nook, um, if you remember those, uh, <laughs> kind of went out of business there um, in fifth grade, and I was just obsessed with it, that it was touchscreen and I could 
do all these things with the click of a button. And then from a Nook, I graduated to a Kindle Fire HD, which I thought was the awesomest thing at the time. <laughs> and then when that became too boring, I was like, okay, now I want an Android tablet, but I don't have one. So what can I do to make my Kindle an Android tablet? So remember, I like downloaded a third-party operating system onto my Kindle that like with the click of an icon... I could then turn my Kindle into an Android. And just this whole idea of, like, messing with the behind-the-scenes of technology and that I can make it, like, the user interface what I wanted it to be. I've just always really loved that. And then when it comes to the E for engineering and STEM, I've always been, like, a builder. Um, I had probably the most Legos that any child could possibly have. And I would just love to build things. And, you know, I didn't really care about, like, moving the little Lego dudes around, but just the built the actual, like, act of building. Yeah. And then, remember, I was, like, obsessed with Minecraft for all of fifth grade. Like, all I wanted to I was playing that last night. Oh, my God. No, I I still (laughs) play it. It's a great game. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. And then, I mean, math is so ingrained in everything we do. You can say, like, I don't know, I'm looking at your wall and, like, squares, geometry. Like, literally everywhere you look, there's something math-related. And I just think that STEM as a whole, like, of course, my primary love is astronomy. But, like, anytime the word... I hear the word STEM, like, my ears perk up, and I'm just so excited for, you know, what I can do in both the field of astronomy, but really just STEM in general as I get older. What would you say your, like, rise to advocating for more representation of women in STEM, like, started? Yeah, so, um, my mom passed away, uh, last year in May, and she was the director of the Women's Rights Project at the ACLU for 18 years. Um, And I really grew up with this, the definition of like a powerful woman in my household. And, you know, from like, like my entire life, I was raised to do whatever I want to do and be whoever I want to be. And that it didn't matter if I was a girl, I can just be anything I want. And I think that after she passed away, I really had this whole, like, realization that the way I grew up and was raised was very different than other girls and I've seen and I I do see that like I recognize that like I'm a lot more assertive than some of my friends and that when I want something I really will not stop until I get it and I think it really just after she passed away it opened my eyes that like that way of being as a girl in this society is really not all that common and that it's a real gift that my mother gave me that I was raised to be the person I am today, and I just want to be that role model to other girls who were not raised by a power, or maybe they were, I don't know, but like, they don't, they don't feel that they are embodying all of the power that they have, and... Sorry, um, my cat. <laughs> um, and I really think that I can be that voice for a lot of girls, and when that transfers over to STEM, I mean, as I was saying, like, Women in STEM, it's still this, like, oh, wow, you're interested in science? That's cool. Like, why is that still that's cool? Like, okay, yeah, I guess. But, like, you're not saying that when a guy is, like, yeah, I want to be an engineer. It's, like, an eye roll at this point. Like, how basic can that be? Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I think that I feel like it's, like, my mission to be that voice for other girls and to continue to really live on my mom's legacy. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, 
this question might make you a little uncomfortable, but do you have any ideas, like, like um, for future, like, college plans? <laughs> uh, yes, that's honestly my favorite question. Really? I Some am, people are like, oh my gosh, college, don't no, talk about it. No, I know, it. but I love it. Like, I... So I'm a planner, if that if that hasn't really gone across. Check her Instagram out, she's a planner. <laughs> um, but yeah, I literally thrive on plans. Um, I think what was really hard for me for a long time was allowing my plans and like life goals to change. I think, you know, I, view th- I, I used to view things very linearly like this, you know, this is next and then from this step I'll go there. And, you know, from experiencing... Um, some college rejections uh, and some things that did not go the way I planned. I realized that having this set plan just isn't going to work, um, yeah. and that's okay. Um, so for after college, I mean, here's what I know. I don't know exactly what I want to do, but the three words I say is I want to lead, I want to educate, and I want to inspire. Love and that. I think... Thank you. And I think that there is a variety of different ways I can do that. I think for one thing... One path would be science communication. Um, I really think it's an advantage that I am a sociable, like, acting background human being. I know where to talk to people, and um, I think that there's this idea that a scientist has to be some, like, skinny little white dude behind his desk scribbling things, and I think I'm, I wouldn't say the complete opposite, but pretty opposite to that. Um, <laughs> and that I can use, you know, so many gifts that I've been given to be a voice for science, in STEM and just science education as a whole and I mean it'd be a dream to like be invited to do public speaking at different events and to teach um, at different elementary schools and just to do what I can to really be a voice for science Um, and then so there's kind of that path of like education and communication Um, and then I think the other path that I've recently discovered is entrepreneurship and you know I think I've always had a leadership to my character and like an innovation, you know, I've, and I think what an entrepreneur is, is someone who sees a problem and does something about it, or someone who recognizes that something is wrong here and thinks, what can I do to, to fix that? Um, and I see a problem and I see that not enough women are pursuing careers in STEM. And I think, you know, and I, and I really do think, I don't want to say that it's either science communication or entrepreneurship. I think they really do coalesce. And I honestly think that like, most interests I have do coalesce because that's why I'm interested in them, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, like, I can find a way... I can always find a way to connect art to math. Like, they're, they all they all fall into one category of, like, things I like and things I love and I'm passionate about. So, yeah, I think with entrepreneurship, you know, I think that entrepreneurship is really, like, glorified, maybe, in the media. Like, oh, yeah, she's a founder of this. And, like, I love that. Like, I so want to be a founder of this or whatever, you know, what the whole being. girl boss culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is the dopest thing ever. Yeah. But I think there's a lot to learn. And I think that entrepreneurship is not this like, you know, I wish it was linear, but it's not. There's going to be a lot of hustle and a lot of people not thinking what you want to start is worth it. And I think I really have to ask myself like, all right, like I, I want to do something to make women in STEM, not this, you know, alternative, like, culture and, like, passion to have, right? And I really do think that I can see myself in the world of entrepreneurship, and I can see myself 
as a founder of this and one day a future CEO. But I think there's a lot to learn before I get there, which is why I'm really excited that I'm going to the Generation She Entrepreneurship Makeathon um, next Friday. Fun. Why do you believe that STEM and entrepreneurship are interdisciplinary fields that work together? Um, yeah, so I view entrepreneurship as a mechanism that I can use to increase STEM education. So um, I think that, you know, I can create a company or an organization with the sole purpose to inspire more women and girls to pursue careers in STEM. That's me using entrepreneurship to have like the primary goal of increasing STEM education. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that they're related because, you know, I can, like, they're, it's beneficial for, how do I say this? Like, it goes either way, you know? So, like, my love for STEM has brought me into pursuing entrepreneurship as a possible career path. Yeah. But at the same time, it's entrepreneurship that I can use to increase STEM education. So, mm-hmm. I like that it goes, I like that it can go either way. Um, and, yeah, I just think that they're related for that purpose. Yeah. Um, how do you plan on combining your interest in STEM and entrepreneurship as, like, a professional? Yeah, so right now I'm actually working on a startup. Um, it's called Reach Up. Um, cool. That, with the purpose to educate and inspire girls to pursue careers in STEM, um, my... I planned on actually launching it this month, but then, you know, I took a step back and I was like, am I really ready to do that right now? And I'm not because I really don't know enough, but I want to. And I think what's most important is that I have the motivation to start something and that I will do it because I want to. Um, So I'm really excited because what I'll be learning at um, the Entrepreneurship Makeathon that I'm going to is really like how to be a female founder. Perks of living across the street from a hospital. I love that. Okay, you can calm down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, go back a little bit. Okay, um, I don't know what I was saying. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Um, we were talking about combining your interests in STEM and entrepreneurship. Yeah, um, Right, so what I'm going to be learning at the Entrepreneurship Megathon that I'm going to is how to be a young female founder and how to inspire entrepreneurial spirit and how to market yourself and how to brand yourself and how to be able to talk to people and get them to listen to you, which is some things I already know how to do. Um, And I wanted to wait to attend that before starting reach up because I think that as I said there's a lot I still have to learn and I think it's so much smarter to feel like I know what I'm doing before I just jump into something um and there's a lot of risks that have to be taken in entrepreneurship but you know might as well be the most prepared I can before I'm officially launching something of course with that said um I am meeting with um, the, so basically my, the idea behind Reach Up is that I'll be doing workshops at different elementary schools. Um. I love that. Yeah. And I actually have my first one set up. Um. Fun. I went to PS 107. Um, so that's a couple blocks from here. And, uh, every year we have an annual STEAM day. It used to be math and science day, but it has changed to STEAM day, which I like because it's a lot more inclusive. Um, and this year the theme is physics, which is great because physics and astronomy are pretty related um 
all of the math done and astronomy is physics, so I would say it makes sense to have an astronomy workshop, which I would be leading. Um, and my plan is to have it be like solar system fun, so we would be making like mini solar systems that kids could take home to their parents um, or guardians. And uh, just like I, you know, like I've, as I've said, astronomy taught in schools is like really not a thing. I don't think I had a single astronomy, anything related class in elementary school or middle school for that ma matter, maybe a little bit in earth science, but like really not that much. Um, and yeah, so at Steam Day, I'll be leading my own workshop, um, but I am going, that's going to be happening in March. So by that point, I'll have, I'll, I will have had more time to really get Reach Up together. And I think that that workshop will be like the official launch of That's so cool. Reach Up. Yes. I'm excited to see that. Yes. Um, could you more... Could you more? Could you provide more insight on the Generation Sheet Entrepreneurship um, Makeathon and your your contributions to this event? Yeah. So I was messaged by um, people from the Generation She team. They're and, so cool. No, they're yeah. awesome. Um, and Generation She is a nonprofit organization with the mission to close the gender gap on the entrepreneurial landscape. Um, and they messaged me asking me if I'd like to attend as an ambassador. And I saw that the event was in San Francisco and I was like, wow, that really sucks because I would love to go. Um, and I told them that, you know, that's, I'm really honored that I've been invited, but I live in New York, so I, I just don't think I'll be able to make it. And they basically told me that I can still come, um, that they can provide me with tools so that I could create a GoFundMe or that I could get sponsorships for some other ways so that I could um, buy tickets and afford lodging and attend. Um, so they asked if I would want to learn more information about that, and I said, yes, totally. So they sent me this whole, like, really nice email just, like, about, like, basically, like, giving me the layout for, like, each different way that I could potentially come, and I decided that I wanted to come and that I was going to create a GoFundMe um, and my original goal was $500 that would buy me um, plane tickets, like transportation from where I was staying to the event and nice clothes um, <laughs> and, you know, merch possibly, you know, whatever else I need, dinner, like important stuff. Um, and I know a lot of adults that seem, I guess, to care what I'm up to these days. I ended up raising $900. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, in a day. So Whoa. <laughs> I was shocked, honestly. I really did not expect that to happen at all. Um, and yeah, I bought plane tickets that same day. Um, be heading out of JFK at 9 a.m. on Friday. Um, it's a two-day event, and I'm really lucky because we do not have school uh, next Monday. So I'll be coming back at 5 a.m. next Monday. Fun. But um, yeah, so it's be my first event, period. Um, but going alone um, all the way in San Francisco, so... Was that, like, six hours on a plane? And don't you get to meet with, like, a bunch of, like, CEOs? Yeah, so it's awesome. So there's a, some really cool keynote speakers. Um, one of them is, like, the founders of Kombucha um, and then Urban Decay, um, which I would not say either of those are, you know, exactly what I'm interested in, but... Still really cool. So cool. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be, like, a lot of... It's all female founders. I think there's a couple men speaking that but like mainly female founders speaking and it's targeted just for high school girls, which I love because I feel like it's so, there's so many times where it's like, oh yeah, you're in high school, that's cool, but we don't want you. Um, I was only interested in getting 
an internship at Google and literally nothing. And then I have so many internships, but none for high schoolers. Do they so just not respond to you? They just, like, I, I looked through all of the internships possible, and, like, you just need to be getting, like, your bachelor's and something, and I was like, well, <laughs> we love ageism. <laughs> Can't do that. Um, but, yes. Yeah, so I, I hate that so much because we, okay, so I tried to get an internship in a magazine, not the magazine I'm working at right now, but, like, a, a while ago, and, um... They they think that because you're you're like fifteen or sixteen that you're not as no, qualified so and it's just like how am I gonna get that experience without getting other oh experience my God. and it's like so many of these companies or organizations are targeted like to increase Gen Z interest it's like how you're not gonna have Gen Zers on the team then exactly like I really be wondering that it's really weird okay sorry um, keep doing yeah no but. Yes, exactly. Which I love at Generation She because their whole thing is high schoolers. It's targeted completely for high schoolers yeah. to increase entrepreneurial spirit in high schoolers. So I was like, okay, that's literally perfect for me. And it's been great because, um, you know, now what, what they make you do is, you know, as an ambassador, you, that, you, that you put that you're an ambassador in your bio. And with that said, I'm now following all of these other Generation She ambassadors None from New York. They're all from mostly California because that's when their event is hosted. But it's just, like, a great way to meet other girls with a similar interest to you. And I love that Generation G has you post, like, you know, why you're attending or what you hope to gain or blah, blah, blah. There's, like, these different templates. And it's been so great, like, you know, responding to them but also seeing what other girls have to say. And I'm honestly just so excited to meet other girls and, like, network with other girls yeah. with the same interests as me and it's just gonna be an awesome event it's like jam-packed it's from like 8 a.m to 5 both saturday and sunday and just like different events throughout the whole day and i and then just like to be in a room full of all girls like wanting to make a difference in the world like that's just awesome it's yeah just really that, fun. that'll awesome. be really fun <laughs> yeah um, you should post on your oh, yes. story we'll yes definitely <laughs> do a whole, whole event takeover <laughs> um as an ambassador of Generation She, do you, what do you specifically do to advance their mission and goals? Yeah, so my main thing right now leading up to the event has been marketing on my Instagram for it. It's a little annoying because, you know, as much as I want to promote the event, a lot of my followers are from New York, so a lot of them will be going. Um, but with that said, like, I'm using my social media platform to, you know, put Generation She's name out there. And, I mean, Generation She has some, like... Like, their whole, like, look is gorgeous, so it's been fun to show it off. Um, and I think after the event, the main thing will be continued interest, showing people that Generation She, like, this is one event, but there'll be more, and I hope that they're, I think they're going to eventually come to New York, which is great then, since oh, that's I really been cool. doing all of this marketing. Like, yeah, from I was going to go, but then I couldn't, I couldn't get the funds. Yeah, <laughs> no, the funds, which I was very, very lucky to get. Um, and, yeah, and I think that just, you know, me putting myself and my interest of entrepreneurship, you know, on my Instagram with, you know, Generation She's, you know, little logo in the corner. It's showing that, like, Generation She is already impacting people right yeah. now because me posting is me being impacted and then people following me are impacted by me, right? So it's this, like, chain of just cool girls doing cool things. Um, and, yeah, so I'm definitely, I'm really, I'm, I'm literally thrilled to be going to this event and I'm really excited for everything I'll gain there and just like how I'll be impacted in my life after and getting ready to prepare for the next one hopefully fun um how do you integrate your passion for STEM into your work for Generation Chi yeah so I mean the whole reason I'm going I mean 
not the whole reason, obviously, you know, to gain general entrepreneurial spirit, but I want to know how I can bring entrepreneurship to STEM. I have my ideas of how I can do that, but I want to hear, like, from professionals who have started their own companies or organizations um, and just, like, how to get that done. Um, and I think, you know, I'm going to be pretty focal there saying why I'm there. I mean, I'm there for STEM and to support women in STEM. Um, and I really just think that, like, it doesn't necessarily matter that probably the majority of the women there will not, like, aren't STEM-related founders. But I think that, you know, starting starting any type of company or organization, like, the skills you need to do that are inherent in any you know, startup, right? So it doesn't matter that these women haven't necessarily started STEM startups. They can, the, the insight they can provide me with will allow me to start my own and that will be something STEM related. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Um, and a good networking opportunity. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm so excited about. Yeah, for. yeah, you might get to meet like, or I'm sure you will meet other girls who are in, interested in STEM as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm really excited to do that too. And there's a whole little mocktail um, event. Oh yeah, you get to like pitch your idea, right? Yeah, um, and that's going to be fun too because I have my ideas of what I want to do, but maybe I'll be there and I'll be totally windswept with a new idea. Yeah, exactly. So I'm honestly just really excited to see like what the event brings me into my life. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know you, last summer you went to the Harvard yes. Summer Room? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, Harvard Summer School. How was that? Um, okay. Well, I was under the impression, so it, it's a seven-week program. Um, it is for, you can take either one class for eight college credits or two classes for four college credits each. So. Oh, you do get college credits. Yes, this is, it's, so I was under the impression that it would as it was marketed, like, a real legit college class um, or college classes. And I thought that the program was going to be really scholarly the whole time, which is what I wanted. Like, I came to Harvard to learn. Um, I gave, not gave up, but, you know, seven weeks of my summer. I left I left school early. That is kind um, of giving up your summer. Yeah, I mean, I was there ready to, you know, focus on my work and yeah. um, my studies. And I found that I was definitely... Um, more focused on, you know, my school work than some other people there, um, which was fun. It just, like, wasn't quite the idea I had for what it would be. Um, but that's more about the program in general. The actual classes I took were awesome. I took an observational astronomy course and a beginner Swahili course, which seem completely unrelated. Um, but astronomy, I think I've made clear I really like astronomy, but... Swahili um, is because last summer I went to Tanzania um, with a program called GLA, so Global Leadership Adventures, and... My friend did that. My friend Ava did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Ava. Um, and, yeah, so I was uh, teaching uh, English um, at an elementary school to kids there, and every morning you would have, like, conversational Swahili lessons. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, so the native language in Swahili... Uh, the native language in Tanzania is Swahili. Um, a lot of the kids could speak English or were learning English, but Swahili is the actual language there. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, we'd be in the English, we'd be teaching the English class, in English class, and I'm just thinking, like, this feels wrong. Like, I, you know, I could say a couple words, but I'd just be asking them, like, Gina Lakanani, which is, what's your name? And I just felt like there was so much I was missing from the, the teaching experience because I could not communicate with them in their own language. So... 
Um, when I found out that Harvard offered a Swahili class, I was so, so, so happy. Um, when I left Tanzania, I said with 100% confidence that I'd be back, um, and this time able to speak uh, in the language that I taught my kids in. Um, so, yeah, so that's why I was taking the Swahili class, um, and it was great. I mean, my professor was awesome. He is the best, um, and... The whole it was it was nice because the class was only three people and I oh, think wow. that yeah it was awesome and learning language for me doesn't come super naturally and I get really nervous like yeah, speaking <laughs> and I just like want to be right all the time and it was it was basically like a one on one class um, and he was really understanding and I remember we were he would he went to South Africa at one point um, to like he missed a class so we did like um, like an online like through Zoom session one time and. I remember I was saying something, and I was, like, so nervous about saying it, and then I got it right, and I was smiling, and he was like, how could I miss this class? I can't miss seeing Izzy smile when she realizes she knows what she's saying. Aw, that's um, so cute. Yeah, and it was a really, really, really great class, and, you know, I have an offer to start to continue studying with him when I'm in college. If my college is close to Harvard, I can come and, like, take the train that's to Harvard awesome. and study with him. Yeah, so I definitely want to continue studying Swahili throughout college, and I really want to go back to Tanzania, and, I mean, trying not to think so linearly, but, like, I'd love to bring Reach Up to Tanzania and do STEM workshops in Tanzania, especially at Minamimitoli Primary School, which is where I taught um, in summer of 2018, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was cool at Harvard because I was taking, you know, astronomy and Swahili and you know at first glance they really don't know anything to do with each other so I was using like totally different parts of my brain and you know one class the astronomy class was um let's see about 50 guys um and me and my one of my best friends who uh lives in India um so we would always hang out and do our homework together but predominantly male class which I can get into about some of the things I did not enjoy about that but I think overall, the program, if you want to make it school, it can be a school. And I took my classes really seriously. Um, I ended with an A in both classes. And I think I gained a lot from, you know, having a real college class. It's very different than high school. Um, and just a lot more like, you know, you're not getting at just the basics. You're, not, you're really understanding. I mean, I can tell you, like, all about supernovae and galaxies and like, I, I just knew so much about what I was talking about for both astronomy and Swahili. And I think that that's sometimes hard with high school classes and there's not a lot of room to, like, learn the intricacies behind what you're studying. Um, but I would say my Harvard program did a really good job of that. Would you say that that was, like, a good experience for you? Yes, it was definitely a good experience and I definitely learned a lot. Um, I, I didn't really treat it like a college like, like, I was actually in college, like, you know, I wouldn't go out with all my friends all that often. I was pretty focused on my studies because that's what I came here to do. But I think that there was honestly a lot of flexibility if, like, what what, what you wanted the experience to be. Um, and I, I'm really glad that I was able to, to participate in that, definitely. How do you plan to take what you learned, um, not only about astronomy and Swahili, but about yourself, um from the program, like, in your life? Yeah, so I think I realized that when I come in with some vision in mind for what my program or just, like, event or whatever I do will be, it often, like, I'm able to follow through with that. Um, you know, I saw a lot of my friends 
which, you know, if they listen to this, no tea, no shit against them, but they'd be staying up till like 4 a.m. every night. Like Al and I, you know, at first at the beginning, I was like staying up late. I was out till like 3 a.m. and I'd have like class the next day and I'd be like, you know what? This is so not why I'm here. <laughs> um, and I think I was able to realize like, think about what it is that I really want to gain from the experience and follow through with that. And I think I did get what I wanted, which is to learn. Um, and I guess I realized that, you know, other people can be at the same program that I'm at and have different priorities and that's okay. I can hang out with them when I want to, but you know, I was there, I was at school. That was my mindset. I, it wasn't really summer for, I mean, that sounds so, that sounds so sad. Like it was summer. I would actually make sure I wouldn't allow myself on weekends. I would leave every weekend because I have my um, family house is uh, in Massachusetts. So I would, I was able to leave every weekend. I wouldn't allow myself to touch any of my work. Um, and I would just That's hang out good. with my friend and go swimming uh, in the lake. Do you often catch yourself like working too much? You know, I don't want to say too much because I enjoy working, um, but I will say it's very hard for me to sit down and relax. Um, I feel like throughout high school, I've had my friends literally like yell at me on Fridays, like, stop, you're not going to go home and do homework. You're going to like, hey, I'm sorry, because like, I'm a really like social human being. I just like, when I'm in the mindset to like do school, I'm going to do school. I feel that. Um, and... Yeah, but I'm glad, and you know, it was nice because my, my astronomy class was at, it started at 6.30. It was from 6.30 to 9.30, and if we were in the Whoa. observatory, um, it'd be from 6.30 to 10.30. Um, so I'd have the whole day on Tuesdays and Thursdays to do whatever I'd want, and we had a nice hammock um, in the Harvard uh, dorm I was staying at, and then I would just chill in and, like, read and, like, you Aww. know, I find times to not be a scholar, but um, I would say that... I definitely came in with the purpose to be a scholar and it was me actively being like, we're going to relax right now that allowed me to not be just working constantly. Um, but yes, I would say that I, I do tend to do a lot of work and maybe it's a little bit too much sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, uh, okay, sorry. Um, so I know you're an intern at... Yes. What is, what is it called? So I am an intern at... Um, the Science Research Mentoring Program, which is hosted by the American Museum of Natural History. So I am currently conducting research with a postdoctoral astrophysics fellow named Johanna um, at the museum, who is awesome. Um, I requested so we could. Re so the program is pretty selective. Um, you take prerequisite classes at the AONH after school program. So last year I took um, Secrets of the Solar System and Dynamic Earth. And then if you've taken those prerequisites, you can apply for the first shrimp, which is like known to be a selective internship at the museum. And then there's a whole, you know, regular application process, write a whole essay. If they like your essay, you get an interview. And if they like your interview, you get it. Um, and yeah, so I was, I, I actually got in um, on my mom's birthday, which was like a, like a couple days after she passed away. So that felt nice. It was a nice little gift from her, I guess. Um, and yeah, so I was so, so happy to get in. That felt like, 
the universe saying, you know what, you could be an astronomer. I see you, I believe in you, and you can do it. So um, I am now conducting research. Um, it, so the, the program started in like mid-August, so we're pretty a couple months in. Um, and I love my mentor. Um, I requested to be with her because she's a woman. I really wanted to work under a young um, woman. And she's been really, really great. Um, and so my research is on brown dwarfs. Um, and brown dwarfs are celestial objects that are in between planets and stars. So, like, you think of planets over on this side, stars over here, and there's kind of this big realm of, like, what happens over here. Yeah. And that is where brown dwarfs come into the picture. Um, and brown dwarfs are a fairly new study. Um, the first brown dwarf was actually announced at the first conference, at the first... At the conference, the first exoplanet was announced on, um, which is in, like, the 1990s, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty new, which is why I like it, because I don't, you know, as cool as com- as cosmology is, you know, it's, it's the same story of the universe we've been telling for a long time. And I wanted to be on, like, what's hot right now? Like, what are astronomers freaking out about right now? And that is brown dwarfs and exoplanets. So, my research... Um, we're looking at a set of data from a paper from 2013. And in this paper, the the team says that the data they're looking at um, is not, so they were looking at brown dwarfs, right? And that what they had previously thought of as one brown dwarf is actually two. Um, And this is a really big deal because they're saying that the reference images of like what a brown dwarf is, is wrong. And instead, that their reference images of one is actually two. So this is a pretty like crazy thing that they're saying. And so this is a paper from 2013 and that was said and there's been nothing. Like no one has followed up. So that's where my team steps in and we're the ones taking a second look at their findings and their data and saying, okay, is what they found actually correct? And if it is, if we're able to prove that, yeah, um, what we've, previously thought of as one brown dwarf was actually two, that completely changes everything we currently understand about brown dwarfs because that means that our evolutionary models, as in, like, the way a brown dwarf is formed, is completely off. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it feels really good that we're the ones, like, high schoolers are the ones that are actually making a real impact in the field of astronomy, and what we're doing is... This is where I like to say that STEM is very interdisciplinary because we're using coding. We're um, creating a script on Python, so we have to all learn Python, that will analyze our brown dwarfs um, with a bunch of technical stuff that I'm not going to get into because it's just too complicated. But through the script that we write, um, we'll be able to determine whether or not the brown dwarfs is, is, are singular or if they're binaries. And it's going to be pretty awesome no matter what we find. That's really interesting. Um, How did you find out about the internship program? Um, So I have my one friend, Linus Brooks, um, who is kind of my, I like to say, astrophysics friend. He's like one of my best friends too, but he... um, Does he go to LAG? No, he goes to Brooklyn Tech, but he now has the internship as well. Um, He's in a different mentor he has a different mentor, but yeah, he's actually the one that told me about it. Um, when we first became friends, like we bonded because we both like astrophysics and he was one. It was like, Hey, you should apply for this. And I was like, what? Like I had no idea what it was. Um, and then I, it was him who I did all the prerequisite classes with. And 
now we are in the program together. So That's so cool. Yeah, he also put Joanna as his first choice mentor and didn't get her, so I won the lottery there. Ay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's actually cool that we're not in the same mentoring group because we get to talk about our research to each other. Um, and, yeah, that's my boy. Shout out, Linus. Um, so you already talked about the research that you're doing. Um, how has the experience been overall? So... I would say good. It's definitely been good for the most part. I mean, I'm doing real research. Um, my work is actually making an impact on the field of astronomy, and that feels really freaking cool. Um, but at the same time, you know, as much as I love organizing data and whatnot, I'm realizing it's definitely it's definitely made me realize that, you know, I would definitely like to maybe to do other research research throughout college. But that research is probably not going to be the field in the world of science that I end up doing. Um, I like to talk and communicate with people, and I can't really do that if I'm just, like, sitting behind a computer waiting for my script to analyze my data. Um, and, you know, I'd love to be able to do both, to both conduct my own research and be out there speaking to people about science and teaching and inspiring and leading. Um, but, yeah, I think for a primary, you know, I thought for a long time that my ideal job would be a professor um, at a university where I would be teaching to college students and then doing research. And I've realized that I am just not, there's so much more to me than just that. And I really want to, you know, have the forefront of my career be out there talking, communicating with people rather than, like, in a lab, like, behind the desk doing research so yeah I definitely like research and I think it's it's so important to the field of astronomy but it's just it's not all I want to do um and yeah yeah um how have you felt working with professional scientists and conducting legitimate research it's felt really cool I mean I think to myself like wow like this is such a privilege I mean like it's I'm so lucky that I live in New York where this opportunity is even available to me whereas like I don't know what people in Arkansas are doing if, like, they want to do astronomy research. Like, I just feel like it's such a blessing that the Natural History Museum gets to be right in my city. Um, and it feels really cool to just, like, you know, my, my favorite part, you know, towards the beginning of the internship, we wouldn't even be doing research yet. I just get to ask questions, and I have so many questions. And to have, uh, to be able to just talk to, a, to a, as an astrophysicist about what she does and, you know, how do photons even work? What even are they? And just, like, I've learned just so much about telescopes and just, like, all just so many different parts of astronomy that, like, we're, we're just not, you know, we get a little bit of it in physics class in school, but it's been such a great learning experience just to have, you know, a real resource right in front of me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's opened up a lot of doors. I think that, you know, being a shrimp alumna is going to be really helpful for my career. I think I'll now always have, like, a place at some point in life for me to return to the museum. Um, I just went to a really great event over the weekend that was like this pretty professional event. Like it's, it was called like literally build your professional toolkit and hosted by the museum. And I got all these professional headshots done and got to eat lunch with, you know, a STEM educator and communicator and, a so cool. and an entrepreneur. Yeah. And it's like all of these things just through being a shrimp intern, I get my hands on has been really, really, really awesome. That's that's really cool. Um, so, f 
for every podcast episode, we always ask, like, one big question at the end. Okay. Um, so, if you could, it's, so, so for other episodes, it was, like, if you could say something to your legislators or, like, whatever. Ooh, okay. Um, but for this episode, I'm thinking that if you could say something to young girls who also want to get involved in STEM but are too scared to or they're, like, hesitant to, what would you say? I think that I would first give them a big smile and tell them how glad I am that they're asking that question and saying that they want to do STEM. Um, I think my biggest piece of advice would be that you sometimes just need to step forward and just like have, have this vision where it doesn't matter what people on the sides have to say or are looking at you weirdly or, you know, talking to a friend like, does she, like, what does she even do now? Like, I think that it can be so hard to just stand up and be different. Um, but I would definitely tell girls that, like, they, one, always have me and that I will always be there edging them on. And I just think the biggest thing is, like, you just, if you have something you're passionate about, you're the only one that can make it happen. And if you have this motivation in you to be a scientist, to experiment, to to ask why, I mean, that's what science is. It's asking why, right? And if you have this undying curiosity, like I did when I was a little kid, like, science is for you. And I think just to tell them that there's no need to be hesitant because... Yeah. You know what you're meant to do. If you have a feeling that this is where you want to go in life, then just step forward and see what happens. Um, and, you know, life can be crazy. Your one straight path can turn into, you know, I don't know, yellow brick road going all sorts of ways. But you've just got to step forward and I think see what happens. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on. Do you want to thank shout you. anything out? Any um, of your social Yeah, videos? follow me on Instagram, um, at Squizzy. Uh, love that. <laughs> that's, my, that's my handle. Um, I'm going to be making a LinkedIn because I feel that's a good way to get adults to know what's up because Instagram, they're not as savvy with. Very but, true. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really trying to make my Instagram like my place to be. I want to showcase what I'm passionate about and I'm tired of using it as just like, here's me in a selfie, like, looking cute, like, that's cute, too, but, like, I'm ready to make my presence heard on social media. I'm trying to do that, too. Yeah. yeah. So, it's yeah. Like, it's a really good way. I feel like Instagram is my resume. It's the way. No, seriously. Yeah, I feel like I don't, I mean, I have a resume, and you need a resume for yeah. things, but, like, sir, if you just, like, scroll through my Instagram, then you see what was. Exactly. And, and I feel like that's the same for, That's like, definitely the, the, the direction I want to yeah. head in. Yeah. Um, and then your website. Yes, my website. That's www.izzylapidus.com. Currently going through some renovations. I'm trying to make my colors, like, hot pink and yellow, um, because, you know, I wanted my, res I wanted my website to be, like, together. all like fancy, that. but, like, I'm so hot pink and yellow, so that's what I'm gonna go for. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I really had a lot of fun talking to Izzy. Please be sure to check her out at Squizzy. I will leave it down below. Um, but yeah, that girl is great. She's doing awesome things. And I really, really think you all should be sure to check her out. Um, yeah, so I will talk to you all next week. Um, be sure to follow myself on Instagram at I love Lucy Ivy and 
teen speak up of course that's the main reason you're here so listen to or follow teen speak up on instagram um and izzy and me like i said before but yeah okay peace out